Welcome back to the Urban Kingdom Podcast, where we seek to tell the stories behind God's work in cities across America. This podcast is brought to you by the Urban Educators Collective, and you can find out more about what we do at uecollective.org. In today's episode, Alex continues to share his faith journey and dives deeper into the intricacies of his lack of faith and explains how through supernatural experiences, he came to honor and know Jesus as King. Thanks for tuning in. Let's say the about a year or so later, I, I, I actually, I started at uh, a university, but I flunked out of that into community college because I didn't see the purpose in life. So I didn't care about school, but then I realized, well, I may as well try to make money. So I went, I went to that school for two semesters. I flunked out of that. I went into community college. So that's one year. Then I took some pre-nursing courses. So that's a half a year. That's one semester. So 1.5 years later, after what I just described, I take a philosophy of religion class. And it was, it was awesome. I loved it. Um, all of the arguments that I mentioned that I came across in high school, I studied them in depth um, in that class. So the, was, was it a class geared towards Christianity or just a survey of all religions? No, it was a, I wouldn't call it a survey because we didn't get into any theology we did touch on the overarching beliefs of every system, every belief system. We touched on uh, Buddhism, Hinduism, the Abrahamic faiths. Um, and then, so that was the first half of the class. And then the second half of the class was arguments for and against God's existence. Um, the, the, the teacher, her, she was, uh, the professor was, more inclined towards Buddhism and, and it showed, and I actually was heavily influenced by her. And so in that class, um, I, I came to two things. I came to solidify my belief in a creator. Um, but I also came to solidify my belief that life is suffering. Um, and from then on, I decided that it was, this is how Siddhartha puts it. When, when Siddhartha was asked about the question of God's existence, Siddhartha replied, um, what matter is it to me to ask about the qualities of the person who shot me with a poisoned arrow? my first response should not be to ask about the color of the eyes of a person who shot me. My first response should be to remove the poisoned arrow from my body. And so that's the way I saw religion, spirituality is yes, God exists, but that doesn't matter right now. I'm in this life and I am dissatisfied and I need to, transcend my humanity before I could begin to care about um, anything outside of my humanity, outside of this material plane of existence. And so I was, uh, 
I was into that for a while and it was really bad for me. Now that I look back, it was horrible for me because what it did is it alienated me from my family. And, um, because if, if, if I wanted to escape suffering and dissatisfaction, I had to stop expecting anything, expecting to receive love from my parents or my siblings. I had to stop expecting um, joy. Uh, And once I stopped expecting those things, I would stop experiencing sadness, transcending, quote unquote, transcending love, the need for love. And that was really, really bad. Um, A long term looking back now. Um, But it, it actually worked for a little bit. I stopped drinking so heavily, but then I started receiving these really intense dreams. And in those dreams, uh, all of the pain that I had bottled up over the past two or three years at that point just came rushing back. And I was at the lowest point I'd ever been. And, and then, so here's how I, I, I came to my first divine experience. Um, all of that pain was just, let out in one dream, like an actual dream that I, that I dreamt. Um, and I couldn't take the pain. Like I just couldn't take the pain dealing with it. I tried, I tried dealing with that the way I had been dealing with it previously through drinking. So I was one day I was at the, at the gym with my cousin and I just said, I told him, Hey dude, I got to go. I, I got to go find a bar because the the pain is too much to handle right now. And I go to the bar and I take a couple shots. I sip my beer, but nothing's happening. I still feel the pain. And I'm by that point, like a couple shots and a beer was, was just getting started um, for me. I was nowhere near drunk. I take another shot. Nothing's happening. Um, uh, then I get a text and it was from someone in my, who I haven't spoken to in years. Um, and it was a text that was meant to hurt me. It was that person that I mentioned that meant a lot to me. Mm. Um, and it was meant to hurt me. Um, and it did, but then I kind of just had this realization. So after like, I, I cursed, I paid up, I go, I, I take a walk and, and then I have a realization. I was like, well, wait a second. Here's someone who I thought was the only good thing to ever happen to me. And here they are doing something that is meant to hurt me tremendously. I am not good with a capital G. Neither is this person. No one in the world is good, but that's okay. I don't know why I was comforted by that fact, but I was it was so comforting. I was like, no one in this world is good, but that's okay. So I go to the train station and I'm still taking in this revelation that even though I have made many mistakes, that's okay because everyone has. It's it's so it's such a basic understanding, such a basic revelation, but it was huge. And and I remember feeling literally a, a physical burden being lifted from my shoulders and my chest. And it was so 
it was so freeing. The weight was so heavy that I remember falling to my knees because I was afraid that I was going to float away. And I mentioned that I was, that I had taken a few drinks. Um, so you might be thinking, well, Alex, you were drunk. Uh, number one, I was a hardened alcoholic at that time. So the amount of alcohol that I mentioned wasn't enough to get me drunk. But number two, I also recognized that at that time. And so even though I felt so amazing at that time, I I, I was on the train just laughing to myself. I, I remember thinking, okay, well, Alex, you've had you've had something some some drinks. So I don't know if this is gonna last forever. So then I waited a week and I still felt that peace. I still felt that freedom. Um, and so that's when I realized this is very real and this can't have been my own doing because I have been trying for so long to get rid of this pain, so long to find meaning and purpose to, to fill this hole in my heart that I thought I just have to learn to live with. Um, and in the snap of a finger, it all just went away. It could not have been me. Our school focus for this episode is Fairview Christian School and Reading, PA. Fairview first opened its doors in 1977 and ever since have been providing a private education while based in the heart of the city of Reading. Their active student body participates in student conventions, singing programs, athletic events, mission trips, fundraisers, and many other inspirational and exciting events, too numerous to mention. Today, their school enjoys a diverse body of 150 students and 20 full-time staff members. Find out more about Fairview Christian School at www.fairviewchristianschool.com. And so I need to figure out what force this was, and I need to worship it, and I need to do whatever it tells me. And then I thought to myself, okay, I can do this the easy way or the hard way. I can look for the rest of my life through philosophy or whatever it may be to figure out what this was, or I can give the existing religious systems some credence and and figure out which one of all of those um, is the most respectable, the most um, true. I didn't think that I would find God in a church, but I thought I could find um, truth in all of the world's religions. I don't know if that makes sense. So I, I was—I didn't necessarily believe that that a single religious system had a monopoly on truth, but I did believe that they had figured things out uh, over the course of thousands of years that would uh, help me on this journey. Um, and so I thought to myself, what did I just experience in that subway? What I experienced was very uh, personal um, because it relieved me of my suffering. What I experienced was very powerful because I couldn't do those things on my own. So whatever this force was, it had to be personal and it had to be um, powerful. Um, and then I thought, okay, well, what what religions do I know that were the first to espouse these things. And then I, and then I thought, oh, the Abrahamic faiths. Uh, the Abrahamic faiths were the first ones to claim that their deity um, is all, all uh, power, all, all omniscient, omnipotent, and omnibenevolent. 
Um, and so I was like, okay, I'm going to take the easy way out and I'm going to go search with those in those three religions, Islam, Judaism, and Christianity. And then I thought to myself, okay, I'm not, my mom's not Jewish, so I can't, I can't look there. Uh, the Christians in my life were, they were all worldly is the word I'd use today. They were all nominal Christians is, is the, the point. So I didn't take them serious. And then I looked at my, at my Muslim friends and how dedicated they seemed to their faith. So I said, you know what? If there is a God in the Abrahamic faith, it's got to be there. I mean, like that is such a respectable religion. So I hit up my friend and we started learning. I really liked what we were learning. But then I said to myself, well, hold up, Alex. You need to be a little bit more objective. So I said to myself, um, you need to be a little bit more objective than that, Alex. Uh, You may not respect Christians, but give them a shot. So I went to the only church that I knew of, which is called Hillsong in Manhattan. I went to Hillsong Church and I went there three times and I was disappointed every single time. I was like, wow, you guys are so great at riling up my emotions and then immediately asking for money afterwards. Mm-hmm. And I looked around and there was these girls wearing crop tops and mini skirts and then these guys just chasing after them. And, and I thought to myself, well, what did you expect? This is Christianity. This is what Christianity is. And if Christ, if this is the best that Christ can offer, then Christ can't be, can't be real. So I said, forget about this stuff. Let me go back to uh, Islam. I never converted to Islam, but I, I just continued looking into it. And then a month or so later, I, I was walking uh, home and I saw this busload of white people. 40 white people, but these weren't just any white people. These were white people dressed up in the weirdest way, wackiest way. Um, <laughs> I, think I think I know where you're going with this. Yeah. And actually, what's funny is I growing up, there was a – they're called peach tree, a peach tree family. But they weren't evangelists. They were just in the area to make money. Uh, they bought a house. They bought like three houses in my neighborhood, fixed them up, rented them out, sold them. They Currently, they own a – daycare center in my neighborhood. So I thought that they were connected, that this busload of white people were connected to the peach tree family that I saw growing up my entire life. And at that time, uh, I, I had, I was sitting on a bunch of cash. So I was like, yo, I need to get into good graces with these people because they're gentrifying the neighborhood. And I want my piece of the action. Mm. Um, <laughs> that's funny. I was like, I'm going to invest with these people that I've seen my whole life. So I, I go up to them. I'm like, Hey, what's going on? You guys are in the wrong neighborhood. There's nothing to see here. Um, and they're like, no, we're building a church. I was like, really? I thought that was a coffee shop. It isn't actually a, a church building. It's um, it's the ministry, ministry training center. It oh, means. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So they were building that. But one of them told me, oh, it's a church. So I was like, really? I, I'm currently on a spiritual journey myself. Um, and then they introduced me to uh, – that was a visitor who I spoke to, but they introduced me to um, to – a pastor from the church and, and one of the interns at the church, an intern being someone who goes there for nine months or less out of the year at the church for, and they're from wherever outside of New York. Um, anyhow, I met with them and we were talking, we met up, I don't know how often, every so often. And we would just debate all the time. I would use everything I learned 
um, to prove them wrong, but they always had an answer. There was this one time when I remember I beat the pastor because I went to work and I was like, you want to, you don't know what I did today? I stumped a pastor and my manager gave me a high five. It was awesome. (laughs) Um, But eventually I realized that this, oh, I forgot to mention. So the reason I took them serious as opposed to the uh, Hillsong people is because of how quote unquote radical they appeared to, to me, um, mm. which is what I was looking for at the time, considering that I, I didn't think that Hillsong was devout enough, at least not devout, nowhere near as devout as my Muslim friends were. So when I came across a group of Christians who were seemingly devout, devoted to their faith, I, I took them very serious. And again, they were very intelligent and had a response to all of my arguments. And eventually I, I realized, okay, uh, this is tough. This is a, I don't know that I can disprove all this stuff. And then they showed me some of the, some of the bad stuff, not morally bad stuff, but logically inconsistent verses in the Quran. And then, and then I saw this one verse where it says, uh, the Jews were deceivers, but Allah was the greatest of deceivers, something like that. And so that's when I kind of just said, you know what? I can't Islam. I can't do it. I can't like, there's no way that's true. And then here I am faced with Christianity with a rational portrayal of Christianity. And I can't disprove this. Um, eventually I said, you know what? I was asked the, the pastor asked me one day, he was like, when are you going to do it? Cause it, it had been two months at that point. And he saw that I was, I was serious about this and, and that I was seriously considering it and mm. that I was, um, inclined to Christianity. So he just asked me, when are you going to do it? When are you going to convert or whatever? I forgot how you phrased it. And I did it that night. It was a Tuesday night. And then the next day I woke up and I said, what have I gotten myself into? Mm-hmm. Alex, you can't be this stupid. You can't be this stupid. I, Christianity. Are you serious? Give me a break. But then I didn't want to go to church that weekend. So I forget if it was a Saturday or a Sunday but the end of that weekend, I, I, I remember I was walking around and I was just really wrestling. Like, is this for real? I because if it is, if it isn't, then I'm not going back to that church. I'm just going to forget they exist. Is this for? I was really struggling, and then I had my second divine experience where I felt a very physical um, sensation in my heart. It felt it felt like a knife was stabbing my heart, and then I felt my heart blossom like a flower and i experienced the most the most uh just unadulterated love i'd ever experienced it was so intense and it only lasted for five seconds but it was so intense that i started crying and i remember saying this is the most alive i've ever felt the most real i've ever felt because i was struggling with forget if the word is depersonalization or so that in that moment I said to myself, I feel so alive. I feel so real right now. And and that was the first time I felt like life had meaning and purpose. And and it was so amazing. I started crying. I started weeping. I couldn't handle how, how much, um, how much love I was experiencing for the first time ever. So that was the beginning of my journey. Um, and that was about, that was in 2019. That was in August of 2019. So it's been a few years since then. And yeah, I mean, the few years since then have been a lot of ups and downs, a lot of uh, 
grace on given to me, uh, a lot of grace that I've had to learn to give to others. I don't know if you want to get into that today. There's a lot to it. Um, but yeah, there you have it. That's my story. It's pretty incredible. One question I had for you is clear, clearly you, part of what brought you was theological mm-hmm. was, was in your mind was mm-hmm. thinking through what is real, what is truth, what, what is good in the world questions that really most people, whether they realize it, whether they term it that way, think, you know, everybody thinks in some way, shape or form um, along those lines. Some people will abandon the thinking process early on in life and they numb it away or ignore it. Some people pursue it forever, you know? So now that you have a relationship with God, you've had very real, and I think it's awesome that you explained in detail the very real physical experiences with God, um, because they are, they are real. They are, they do happen. And a lot of people don't relate to it as easy because they don't have those experiences. They don't have those very notable, real turning points in their life. What has your relationship with God been like since you've been able to acknowledge him, worship him, die to self and serve his purposes? What, what has your relationship been like? And I understand that that might be something that has developed, been, been developing. You know, I've been following God. I was baptized when I was 13 taking him seriously, taking God, giving him the, the proper place in my life since I was 16. So it's 10 years now. And every day I still wake up and I feel like there's so much I don't know. There's so much that I'm I'm still just sort of like waiting in the water and letting him lead. And it doesn't all make, really make sense all the time. You know, what's your re- relationship been like with, yeah, with God, with Jesus? Uh, before I answer that fully, I will say that because of the experiences that you've mentioned, I have not once questioned his existence or his goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, not once. And and I have certainly questioned the arguments that have brought me to the faith, the uh, apologetics and stuff that have brought me to the faith. I My favorite argument, my, it was once my favorite argument, the Kalam cosmological, I no longer see it as... as uh, yeah. Tenable. I don't know if that's the word, but anyhow, even still, even though I, I don't place much stock in my one's favorite arguments because of the relationship, I'm not talking about the quality of the relationship, but just the relationship that exists between me and God. It, the, its existence itself is enough for me to accept that he's there, regardless of how I'm mm. doing, if I'm investing into it or not. I know that it's there because I've lived my entire life without it. And there's just no way for me to deny it. So that's that's one aspect of it. Uh, and I mentioned that I've never questioned his goodness. I, I, I still don't. And I still... So anytime something bad happens you know i i i the 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 stereotype not stereotype but the the movie scene the movie-esque response to something bad happening is why god why would you do this to me yeah i have never i don't yeah i've never said that and i don't think i'll ever say that hopefully 
I hope I completely relate to what you're saying. Yeah. 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 Anytime something bad happens, either I know it was my fault or it was uh, the free will of someone else. Um, Whatever. I don't. Yeah. So that's not, that's not something I worry about. Um, As far as my relationship with God goes um, in the beginning, it was, it was amazing. Oh man, it was so new and it was so beautiful that it was so profound um, for the first six months, probably. And I was still, I still had a lot of sin, a lot of sin uh, and bad habits. I was still drinking heavily at that time. It's amazing how how God works because he, I think he knew at the time, I'm sure he knew at the time that I would have still uh, fornicated if I could, but I converted right before I entered this incredibly intensive um, software uh, engineering training program. So even though I was meeting people who I could have, um, sinned with we, no one had the time or energy like we were just day and night just learning and, and writing code and stuff uh and that was for about four months six days a week the whole day um and after those four months i would say i got to a place where it was definitely still a concern but not as much like i i, I actually saw it as something i shouldn't do by that time by the time i left mm. um so anyhow, the point is my relationship with God in the beginning was so profound because of its newness, regardless of the fact that I was still dealing with a lot of sin. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say I fluctuated throughout the years. I then, so I left that program in, in January, in December of 2019 and then COVID hit um, in 2020 and at the time throughout that year i thought i was fine spiritually because i wasn't i wasn't sinning quote unquote but that's because i didn't have the chance to because everything was locked down um and i was a social drinker so i didn't have the chance to get my spirituality tested um so when things started opening up about a year and a half or so later i realized well actually i still have a lot of problems um do nothing all day. No, I'm going to go hang out with the boys, my drinking buddies that I met in school. And I love those people. And and I I was actually the, the bad influence of that group. I was the one that was, cause I had, again, I was not drinking the way a college age person drank. I was drinking the way a 40 year old alcoholic drank because those were my friends for a long time. And so I was the one that would take them to bars and get them blackout drunk because that's just the way I knew how to drink. Um, but because they were secular, they didn't really place any moral judgment on that. So they were, they were happy to do that, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and so when I started hanging out with them again, after, after the restrictions eased up, um, drinking was a, uh, an issue. It wasn't, it wasn't an everyday thing, but it was consistent enough to be a problem. So that was one thing I had to get over. 
um, which I eventually did. Um, anyhow, I would say that throughout that, God has been good. Uh, God has been there. And I still have yet to um, to be consistent in my relationship with God. But yeah, I know I, I know he's there and, and um, he's got my back. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah.